Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun on what is going to be a crazy, crazy show. Why? Because the world's going crazy. It's going nuts. And yes, we're going to talk about Biden. We're going to talk a lot about Afghanistan. We're going to talk about <sighs> refugees. Let's get uncomfortable again. We're going to talk about government schools, election audits, all these things. But first, something I don't think I've ever done on this show before, which is weird because I feel like there's basically nothing we haven't done at this point, Chris. <laughs> there's something I've never done on this show before because I'm staring at an article. It's horrific. I am going to read you big chunks of it. But before I get to that, you and I are going to do something together, and this is not a common thing in talk radio. You see... Oftentimes, most of the time, what sells in the news? What's that old saying? If it bleeds, it leads. That's why the media loved coronavirus. And even right-wing talk radio isn't necessarily insulated from that. Talk about the bad news. Talk about everything that's going wrong. That's part of the reason why I break up my show so much and we talk about funny stuff and cheeseburgers and life and we laugh and stuff because it gets too heavy. It's too much of that ah, all the time out there stressing people out. So you and I are going to do something before I get to this horrific article. And it is horrific. You and I are going to take just a minute. We're going to count, we're going to count our blessings. You don't have to do it with me. You don't have to say it out loud. But when is the last time in this busy life of ours? Because everybody's busy, right? When is the last time you took a moment, sat back, and purposefully counted your blessings? I don't mean, uh, oh, that was a good burger. Oh, man, I'm grateful for that. I mean, you took a minute. You took two minutes and you went over everything in your life and why it's good and why it's better. And even if your life is going to crap, and I know right now, undoubtedly, there are so many people listening to the sound of my voice who are right in the middle of some kind of trial, right? You just found out you got cancer. You just found out your husband's leaving you. Your kids are on drugs. I know you have trials. I'm not saying that. I, I'm not saying that. We all do. Everyone goes through ups and downs, peaks and valleys. That's what life's all about. But I would argue in the middle of the valleys, that's when it's most important to sit back and count your blessings. How blessed are we? How blessed are we? Especially American citizens. You live in the United States of America. And yeah, obviously we're on the decline. There's no doubt about that. You still live in a safe country comparatively. I mean, no, no place is 100% safe, but you live in a safe country. I've brought this up before. I'll bring it up again. Water. You don't think about it. I'm, I'm holding a little cup of water in my hand right now as I talk to you. It's just for effect, which doesn't really do any good on the radio. I realize that now, so I'm setting the cup of water back down. But water. How far are you? Unless you're in traffic, how far are you by foot from the clean drinking water. I'm 20 feet. I'm sitting in a radio studio. I'm 20 feet away from endless amounts of clean drinking water. People all over the world today 
will die because they don't have access to clean drinking water. How how far are you by drive? I'm talking minutes-wise, minutes or hours. How far are you from a hospital where you could receive excellent emergency treatment if something went wrong? Out there chopping down trees, accidentally chopped off your foot. Not an ideal day. How far are you away from getting to a hospital where your life will be saved? 20 minutes? I'm sitting here. I would guess I'm 10, if that. 30 minutes? People all around the world right now, if they chopped off their foot with a chainsaw, well, I mean, you don't even bother putting a tourniquet on that bad boy. Just bow your head and say your last rites because you're about to leave this earth. Not here in America. Not here in America. What is, even if you're driving, you, you can do this one. What's the temperature? Not, not outside. What's the temperature where you're currently sit, sitting, listening to the sound of my voice? What is it? I would venture to guess of all the people listening to the show, and obviously everyone knows the show's blown up on us and it's nationwide now. So that's a lot of people. I would venture to guess 90% plus of my audience is sitting in 72 degrees or three or four degrees one side of that right now. You're in a climate-controlled environment. You, how much trouble would it be for you to come up with a mac and cheese recipe for dinner tonight? I can pick up my phone right now. Five seconds, I would have 20 different recipes. Your family. Maybe you're on the outs with a lot of them. That certainly happens. My, my family situation isn't exactly perfect. Your family. You have anybody who loves you? You have a husband, wife, kids, cousin, mom, dad? I'm going to set this stuff aside now because I know it's abnormal and I know it's not the normal thing people do. I do, however, think it's important. Because when I read this article that I'm about to read to you, it made me count my blessings. And I realized it had been a while. It had been too long since I counted my blessings. Don't get me wrong. I'm not exactly a down and out person, as you can tell. Life's pretty good, right? Look, even when, I'm, even when life isn't good, every day above ground is a good day. But it's important for us to take the time now and then to remember how blessed we all are Every single person listening to my voice has something to be grateful for. You don't think so? Here's an article from the Daily Wire. Afghan Christians are reportedly fleeing to the mountains in a desperate attempt to escape the Taliban who is going door to door trying to kill them. An underground church that partners with Frontier Alliance International, FAI, has reported that the Taliban are targeting Christians for death. This is a quote from it. The Taliban has a hit list of known Christians they are targeting to pursue and kill. The U.S. Embassy is defunct and there is no longer a safe place for, for believers to take refuge. All borders to neighboring countries are closed and all flights to and from have been halted with the exception of private planes. People are fleeing to the mountains looking for asylum. They are fully reliant on God who is the only one who can and will protect them. This is about to get heavy. Obviously, I'm going to keep this kid-friendly as always. I am a bad person, but this will always be a family-friendly show. You never have to turn this show off with your kids in the car when you run into the store 
to buy some flaming Hot Cheetos. Continuing on. The Taliban are going door to door, taking women and children. The people must mark their house with an X if they have a girl over 12 years old so the Taliban can take them. If they find a young girl and the house was not marked, they will execute the entire family. If a married woman 25 years or older has been found, the Taliban promptly kill her husband, do whatever they want to her, and then sell her as a slave. The kind of slave you're thinking about. I just chose not to say the word. It's just too horrific. Husbands and fathers have given their wives and daughters guns and told them when the Taliban come, they can choose to kill them or kill themselves. It is their choice. Taliban are rifling through people's phones looking for any apps that would give them away to be Christians. Now, should we go back and count our blessings again? When I just opened up the show and I told us to count our blessings, did you struggle with that? It's understandable if you did. It doesn't make you a bad person. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe your boyfriend dumped you. Maybe your kids smarted off. I don't know. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe you lost your job today. I don't have any blessings. Shut up with that. I just read that to you. Should we try again? Do you think maybe we all have something to be thankful for? I believe we do. And in fact, I'm not done talking about this. Give me just a second. First and foremost, though, I'm going to tell you a true story. Husband and wife driving home from dinner. They get stopped at a red light. Happens to all of us, right? How many times have you stopped at a red light in your life? Boom. Angry mob surrounds the vehicle. They force open the driver's side door and they start dragging the husband from the car. He reaches for his hero 2020 non-lethal weapon and praise God he had it. He shot his attacker twice in his chest. The pepper irritant, the chemical irritant in it is so brutal it forced all the attackers to back off. The couple back in their car driving home safely. They sleep soundly in their beds, alive and in love to this day because of Hero 2020. Go to Hero2020.com right now. Use the coupon code KELLY. That will get you a special discount. Hero2020.com, coupon code KELLY. State law restrictions may apply. Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly show on a Thursday. And before I forget, because I'm not quite done with this article about what's happening with the Christians and the and the women and the children. Tomorrow. You do know what tomorrow is, right? Don't roll your eyes, Chris. Tomorrow is everybody's greatest day of the week. Not because it's Friday, because it's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. In fact, I've already petitioned the federal government to officially change the name of the day for everyone in America. It's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Are, why aren't your questions already into me? I want them all for you new listeners. And if these, honestly, I love you guys. If these numbers are to be believed, there are lots of new listeners. This is what Ask Dr. Jesse Friday is. Weeks are heavy enough, are they not? Is there not enough heavy news out there? I just read you a news story. It's heavy. On Fridays on this show, we do something different. 
For the most part, we set aside the headlines. Obviously, we still hit anything huge that came out. We set aside the headlines, and we spend the entire day answering your questions. Uh, Jesse, what questions are you talking about? All of them. You can ask me anything. If it's politics, totally fine. It doesn't have to be at all. You want to ask me history questions? You want to ask me questions about food, men, women, relationships, travel, employment, the stupid animal fights, weird scenarios where you have me stranded on an island. For some reason, you love those. Whatever you want to ask, email it to jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. They all go right to Chris. We print a big fat stack of them in Fridays about you and your questions. It does help, I should add, if you put Ask Dr. Jesse or Dr. Jesse in the subject line because the listenership of the show has uh, grown significantly, to put it mildly, and now the email inbox, <laughs> it's, it's starting to overflow a little bit. Chris is starting to give me angry glares every time I give out the email address because he has to sort through them, which, of course, only encourages me to give it out even more. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now, what is the situation on the ground in Afghanistan? I just told you they're going door to door. They're murdering Christians. They're stealing women. They're, it's terrible, right? We still have thousands of American citizens there. I know what you're probably thinking. How many? I don't know. Nobody appears to know. And this is the situation on the ground in case you're not up to date on it. We don't control any of Afghanistan now. We gave up Bagram. We gave up the base. We don't control any of Afghanistan. We officially control a portion of the airport. Not even the entire airport. We control a portion of the airport. What does that mean? Well, I need you to think about it like this. I'm going to lay this out for you. I want you to picture an island in the middle of the ocean. There's an island in the middle of the ocean. And in the middle of this island, there's a gazebo. All right? You and I, we have secured the gazebo. We are safe in the gazebo. But everywhere outside of the gazebo on this island are ravenous tigers. And we have a bunch of friends of ours, you and I, wives, friends. They're out in the ocean. They have to get onto the shore and somehow get through the tigers to get to safety in the gazebo. That's the current situation on the ground. The Taliban have surrounded the airport completely and they have cut off all corridors to the airport, and they have checkpoints to the airport. Lots of them. Don't think you're just going to hitchhike your way. You're going to thumb your way to the airport. Hey, which way to the airport? No, 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 no. They have complete control of all of it. They have operational control. To which you're asking me, what are we doing about it? We have approximately 6,000 troops over there. These are tough guys. We have, we're talking Rangers and stuff like that. We have good, good troops over there. However, that doesn't mean we're actually doing something with them. Okay? Doesn't mean we're doing something with them. <sighs> why? I'm going to get to the why in just a moment. I just want to explain to you. France has civilians in Afghanistan. Britain also has civilians in Afghanistan. They have their special forces, SAS types and whatnot. They have left the airport 
and they're out there gathering up their civilians to escort them and shoot their way back to the airport if they have to. Now Chris is raising his hands saying, okay, why aren't we? I'm going to explain. Do you remember what I've been telling you for the last two nights about the mentality of the people who govern us, of the mentality of the people who lead our institutions. In case you missed it, allow me to cover it again because this is always going to explain to you why we're doing or not doing what we're doing as a nation. There are three characteristics, mental characteristics, that define the people who run America now. It's sad, but it's true. One, first and foremost, no love of country. Zero. Most of them hate the country, but there's no love of country. They just don't care about America. Two, this is important. These are people who have grown up in bubbles. Upper middle class or rich families, right from there to some fancy academia college, which is the ultimate bubble, right from there to some government agency or some congressman's campaign. And they've never lived any other life. Therefore, They are completely disconnected from reality, and they think we live in some more civilized time because civilization is all they've ever known. Three, and you need to pay attention to this one always, too, they believe they are above you. I don't mean general snobbishness, although there's that, too. They genuinely believe they are of a higher class, and they should rule over you. Now, how does that explain? Jesse, what are you talking about? How does that explain it? Well... You, you're an American. You love your country. You hear there are 10 to 15,000 American civilians all over Afghanistan, and you say to yourself, what? Same thing everyone's been saying. Okay, why aren't we rolling out there heavy, shooting anybody who gets in our way, gathering up our people, and bringing them back to the airport and flying them home, once again shooting anybody who tries to stop us? That's what you would do. Because you love America and you love Americans. Do you remember the three points I just went over? The Biden administration, they don't think like that. They're not sitting right now around a table as you or I would be and thinking, oh my goodness, how can we, how can we do right by America and Americans? And how can they don't think like that? You think like that. They're sitting around a table right now saying, How can we avoid any more political fallout? You know, politically, this looks bad. Hey, what do the polls say? Hey, our approval numbers, did we pull these talking points? Did we pull this? Did we pull that? What's that have to do with American civilians? Well, Joe Biden's presidency right now is in serious trouble. No, I don't think he's going to be impeached. I do think this could potentially get embarrassing enough that the Democratic Party would force him to resign. It is that bad. I'm not saying I think that will happen, but it could, right? So right now, they're dealing with, in their minds, not an American disaster, a political disaster. Okay, Jesse, so what are you talking about? Why does that explain why they're not going to go get our troops? Why why they're not going to get our civilians? I'll tell you in just a second.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Thursday. And, oh, I almost forgot. We have Sydney Watson with Blaze TV coming up uh, an hour from now, a little less than an hour from now. She's Australian. I know what you're thinking. Jesse, you're just having her on because of the Australian accent. That's <laughs> so ridiculous. Of course that's why I'm having her on. But also she's going to discuss, have you seen what's happening in Australia right now? It's really bad, and it's a preview for us, so we're going to have her on and talk about that. Now, back to what I was talking about. Why aren't we sending our troops out yet to go get Americans? As I explained, these people are not concerned about America or Americans. These people are concerned only about politics. So what does that mean? Here's what it means. Have you seen the movie Black Hawk Down? Do you know how damaging that was to Bill Clinton's presidency? It was horrific because we sent a bunch of our troops and America, Americans still love their troops. We sent our best and brightest out into a hostile land. They got surrounded. They didn't get wiped out because our guys were a lot tougher than their guys, but they could have been. I mean, it was touch and go. I mean, it was a bunch of Rangers and Delta Force guys which certainly helped our chances, but it was touch and go, right? The Biden administration is gravely concerned about the the optics of potentially having a military disaster like that. What if what if you send out a thousand rangers? What if only a hundred come back alive? Do you have any idea what the American public would do if Joe Biden pulls everyone out of Afghanistan? and then promptly has to send people back into Afghanistan and he gets them slaughtered. He gets them slaughtered in numbers they haven't been slaughtered yet. The American public would lose their minds. They would lose their minds. Now, that's a chance he should be taking. And I'll say this, for our pipe hitters, for our guys on the ground, because we have real warriors over there right now, they want it. They want that chance. No, they don't want to die. They're over there and they are chomping at the bit to get out of that base and go save Americans. That's part of the reason you sign up because you love America and Americans. They want to go. They're being held back. The Biden administration is doing something right now that is terrible. It's naive. It's crazy. It's going to drive you nuts. But this is what they're doing. They're hoping for the chance to negotiate with the Taliban to get our civilians out. They want to be able to strike some kind of a deal with the Taliban to allow our civilians through to the airport and out of the country. Now, you're probably asking yourself, Jesse, what kind of a deal? What are you talking about? Well, that's the bad news. We gave up all the leverage when we pulled everyone out and gave up our base. They now have all the weapons. They have the numbers. They have the territory. We have no leverage anymore. And remember remember point number two and how these people think? They live in a world of academia. They have no idea about the real world. The only thing people like the Taliban understand is leverage and power. That's all they understand because the world hasn't changed. The Biden administration is going to end up bribing the Taliban with money and possibly even weaponry to get American civilians out. 
because they can't afford the political loss of our troops getting slaughtered, and they definitely can't afford the political loss of our civilians being slaughtered. This is the beginning of the beginning with this disaster. I'm, I've been trying to explain this. We're not like this is this thing hasn't reached its crescendo, and and okay, we're on the back end of it now. No, 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 no. This is the beginning of the beginning. The Taliban own a huge portion of Afghanistan. The Northern Alliance, you remember Drew Berkowitz, the counter, counterterrorism agent, my buddy who came on the other night. He said that the Northern Alliance, these guys are tough as nails and equipped. There's still a civil war to come in Afghanistan. The atrocities, the horrible pictures and videos you're seeing, you haven't seen the peak of these. You've seen a fraction of what is still to come. It will be weeks of this. Weeks of it. This stuff isn't going away. Now, we did hear... uh, We did hear from our president. This is what he had to say. It took two days to take control of the airport. We have control of the airport now. Still a lot of pandemonium outside the airport. Well, there is, but look, but no one's being killed right now. God forgive me for if I'm wrong about that, but no one's being killed right now. People are, we got a thousand somewhere, 1,200 out yesterday, a couple thousand a day, and it's increasing. We're going to get those people out. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. Yeah, there are people being killed already. I mean, we know we know that there are already people being killed. And this is the Pentagon spokesman, the Pentagon spokesman. It's one thing to be incompetent. That is one thing. It is quite another to constantly be announcing to the world, hey, we're incompetent. How many Americans, American citizens remain in, in Afghanistan? I don't know. Oh, oh, OK. All right. Um. In case you're wondering, remember what I said again, like 15 minutes ago about the three things, the three things, no love of country, all that, no, no, no relation to the real world and feeling like they should rule over you. Well, I want you to know what Representative Gonzalez had to say about the biggest foreign policy disaster since Vietnam. I think most Americans feel that it was time to withdraw from Afghanistan. It was the execution that has been a huge disappointment for myself, and I think for most Americans and our friends and allies around the world. I think uh, we could have done a better job in, in withdrawing. And at this point, there's no sense in crying over what's happened the past few days. I think we need to focus on getting uh, Americans and American personnel out safely and our friends and allies that are still on the ground and assure their safety. There's no sense in crying over what happened. This is why we all hate you. This is why Americans in general hate the government. Because you should. Because you people never take accountability for anything. The government screws up everything it touches, and there's never even a slight moment of, ooh, you know, my bad. We could have done better. We should have done better. My bad, everybody. We messed that up. We, oh, gosh, that, that, is, that is on me. How can you stand up there and say things like that? There's no need crying over what happened? No, we just got embarrassed internationally. This has the potential, and I am not overstating this, this has the potential 
to alter the entire world with what this has shown countries like China and Russia and Iran. What is happening right now has the potential to alter the entire world. Don't you dare step up to the microphone and say, wow, there's no use crying over spilled milk. That was a few days ago. No, we are owed. You and I are owed an explanation. Look, if it's all on Joe Biden, tell us. If this is on the military, tell us. If this is on the intelligence community, tell us. But by you not telling us, by everybody passing the buck, and I'm not sure, and we didn't do anything wrong, and we didn't make mistakes. You know what that tells me? It tells me you don't think you made a mistake, and it tells me you don't have any intention of improving. That's what it tells me. If my son breaks a glass in the kitchen, I don't care unless he says, oh, I don't care. Now I care. If he says, I'm sorry, it was an accident, and he runs and grabs the broom and picks it up, I don't care. I'm not going to yell at him. Whatever. It's an accident. If he laughs it off, now we have a problem. I'm tired of the federal government laughing everything off. That's enough of Afghanistan for a minute. We have to talk about something else. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we are, we're going to set aside Afghanistan for a moment because it's time to talk about the vaccine, and it's time to talk about people opening their eyes. You see, I'm seeing a lot of this out there right now. Vaccine, no vaccine, whether you're vaccinated or not, it's none of my business. All right. Again, you know my thoughts on it. I didn't get the vaccine. I'm not going to get the vaccine. It's not because I'm some anti-vaccine person. I'm a 40-year-old male in reasonably good shape. I have data, a year and a half of it in front of me. I'm not at risk from coronavirus. I mean, I might get sick or something like that. This is not a disease that poses a gigantic risk to me, so I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm definitely not going to vaccinate my sons. It poses no risk to them. My goodness, wake up, people. But we're setting all that stuff aside, all that stuff aside for a moment. We saw last year Americans were able to be frightened enough that they would hand over their liberty. We saw it. You and I saw it. We cringed. We saw it. And what the government did, what all these people did continuously throughout the last year and a half, what have they done? Dangle a carrot and dangle a carrot and dangle a carrot. Just 15 days, just a month, just Easter, just another couple months. We've almost got a handle on this. Okay, now we have to wait for a vaccine. Up the vaccines out. Okay, go get your two doses of vaccine. And Americans have the entire time gone along with it and gone along with it and gone along with it. And now, surprise, surprise, the vaccine manufacturers are coming out saying, yeah, you need a booster shot after only eight months. After only eight months, so which I've been mocking it, right? I mean, my goodness, it would be like me coming on the air and saying, you have to listen to the Jesse Kelly show every minute for all three hours or you'll die. That seems a little self-serving. You'd have to, uh, Jesse, I'm questioning your motives here. How did this happen? 
How are Americans still going along with this? I'm seeing I'm seeing all these people who got the vaccine. Instead of getting outraged about the booster shot, they're going, okay, how, you know, I just got to go get it. How did that happen? Okay. I've played this for you before. The great Yuri Bezmenov, he was KGB. Then he defected actually to Canada, not America, but he defected. And he did this interview in 1984. If you want to be informed about so much of what you're seeing, this entire interview is on YouTube. It's like an hour and a half long. But the great Yuri Bezmenov, he broke down exactly what you're seeing. If you have somebody who they've taken the vaccine and now they can't wait to get their booster shot and they'll get the next 20 booster shots and you want to just shake them and scream, what is wrong with you? Can't you see what's happening? They're just trying to control you and make make money. Can't you see this? If you have somebody like that, listen to Yuri as he explains why. Ideological subversion is, is the slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne мероприятия in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism. American patriot. At least three generations of American students. That was in 1984. He said 20 years. That's a generation. That means we're five generations in now. How in the world? If you've looked around as I have and asked yourself, how in the world could Americans just hand over their liberty like this and constantly be manipulated like this time after time after time? How could, how could this happen? 50 years. 50 years of Americans not being educated in what it actually means to be American. Now, now you're on your knees begging for daddy government to let you have some liberty back. I'll take whatever shot you want, daddy. Oh, he's not done yet. He's not done yet. Continue. Basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of... By Americans to Americans. Don't worry, I'm almost to the point. Now, you have Americans, especially American professors teaching full-blown Soviet communism, and they genuinely have no idea what it is because they were taught that by their professors who were taught that by their professors. They're so far so separated from the whole Soviet Leninism thing, 
they don't even know that's what they're doing. That's what he means by by Americans to Americans. Continue. Thanks to lack of moral standards, as I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it. Even if I take him by force and show him a concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it. That cousin, that aunt, that uncle, that friend of yours who ran out to get the vaccine just because he wants to live again, and this time I'll be free, and I promise they're going to let us go, and now he's lining up to get his booster shot? I hate to give up on anybody. There's nothing you can say to that person now. There's nothing you can say that will open up their eyes. They're gone. They're demoralized. That's the bad news. Good news is... We can reverse this thing. I'll tell you how next. Jesse Kelly show. We got Sydney Watson, Australian chick with Blaze TV. Don't roll your eyes, Chris. That accent's, accent is important. She's coming up about 30 minutes from now to say Australian stuff. I mean, what? She, what? I haven't thought about it from there. She actually texted me earlier today because a lot of times guests will do that. She said to you, what are we talking about tonight? I said, I have no idea. I haven't thought about that yet. I'll come up with it whenever she gets here. Jeez, people don't think I actually prepare for this. (laughs) All right. I promised you some good news. I promised you some good news, right? There's a way we can turn this thing around. Here's a little bit of it. What is the strategy right now? Right now, the United States strategy, tell me if you think I'm wrong, is we have secured the Kabul airport and we are trusting the Taliban to allow safe, safe passage. Is that realistic? I don't know that it's realistic because knowing how the Taliban have acted before, but it it, it is very clear that uh, this is a chaotic situation. We can see what we see with our own eyes. I don't think it needed to be this way. I know what you're thinking. Jesse, what is Senator Maisie Hirono? What does that have to do with the education and demoralization and so what does it have to do with anything? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt for us to take a moment and appreciate the fact that they have so many really stupid people on their side, does it? Right? Oh, did you want your enemy to, enemy to be a genius or you want him to be stupid? All right, but in all seriousness, Americans right now, they are beginning, beginning to wake up to the rot in our education system. You and I talk, we talk every single day. We talk every single day about a, a, a thousand different issues, right? We've talked about Afghanistan tonight and vaccine passports and, and all the, the ideological subversion. We talked about a million things. You must understand this, though. Nothing, nothing matters. None of this matters 
unless we completely burn down America's anti-American education system and rebuild it into something different. Because right now, as it stands, 4 million. That's how many college kids graduate every year. 4 million. If 70-80% of those are full-blown communists, there's nothing we can do that will make a difference in the world because they're simply putting out more reinforcements every single year than we can hope to match. But because of coronavirus, because parents had to sit and watch little Timmy try to learn algebra over a Zoom call, America's parents are more aware now than they have been maybe in the history of the country of what their children are learning in school, and they're horrified by it. They're horrified by critical race theory. They're horrified by the fact these kids have to still wear masks all over the place. We got these kids in bubbles. Parents are awake. And you can say to me, Jesse, that's not enough. No, it's not enough. But it's step one. You don't ever get to step two unless you get step one first. Step one is becoming aware. Becoming awake and aware. And I know we have a long, long way to go. It took the communists decades to get here. We have decades of work to do. I know that. Set that out of your mind. Put that final victory thing out of your mind. You'll never see it in your lifetime, ever. You have too much work to do. You must fall in love with the grind. You must fall in love with achieving step after step after step after step. That's what you and me have to do. We have to fall in love with that. All right? Put that out of your mind. But step one is complete. Have you seen these school board meetings across the United States of America? Parents are lining up around the block to scream at the school board people. There are lawyers, right-wing lawyers across the country trying to recall people on their school board. There are parents awake all over the nation planning on running for school board. In case you're wondering if you should, the answer is yes. Ah, Jesse, I don't have an education. I don't care. You're smarter than the academic communist loons teaching the kids now. Go run. Go win. Take it back from them. Take back everything the communists have taken from you. Rip it from their hands and laugh while they cry. Aggressive offense in their face. Go take what's yours. All right. See? It'll be fine. Now, the refugee situation. It's not good. It's really, really, really not good. And again, uh, Chris, I know this is probably last minute, but do we have me being right once again from a few nights ago? I mean, that's maybe what, what Chris? It's one of my favorite clips out there. Maybe the the best clip in radio history of me going on the radio and trying to think exactly what I said. Chris will dig it up for me, but it was something along the lines of, I know exactly what Biden's going to do. He's going to take the political disaster and flood the country with refugees. Chris, do you have me saying that before it happened? I, I would love to hear me again. Write this down. I guarantee it. You're going to see in the coming days, the administration try to throw a political band-aid on this huge political loser and one of their band-aids is going to be, we're throwing open the door to 10, 20,000 Afghanis. And they're just going to allow these people to flood into the country. 
And guess who's going to come with them? Yeah, that's right. Radicals. Pentagon. 2,000 passengers flown out of Kabul. Just 325 were Americans. That's according to our buddy Christina Wong. That's weird. We flew out 3,000 or 2,000 people. That's 18 C-17s, by the way. In a day, only 325 were Americans. Hmm. So we are bringing these people where now? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Headline, Border Patrol asking overwhelmed agents about helping process Afghan refugees. That's right. Didn't I tell you what was coming? Didn't I tell you what was coming? And again, if this confuses you, Jesse, I don't understand it. I explained it already. You must look at everything through the prism of what I explained to you on how these people think. One, no love of country. Zero. Not, no affiliation to America whatsoever. Oftentimes flat out hatred of it, but no love of country. That's one. So why would they care about bringing in a bunch of unvetted refugees? They wouldn't care. You could, you could scream at these people all day long. Uh, I don't understand. Europe, Europe had a bunch of Afghan refugees and they absolutely rampaged through the continent. How could they be so dumb? They know. They're well aware of that. They don't care. They don't care. Remember what, remember what I've always told you. Pointing out the destructive policies of the communists, pointing out how horrible his policies are to the communists, it's like telling the chef how good the meal tastes. They know. They're well aware. They're well aware of the massive problems we've had. You don't, you don't, you don't think they know Minneapolis has been completely remade? One of the great American cities. You don't think they know Minneapolis has been completely remade? I mean, look, you hate Ilhan Omar? And I mean, you should hate her. She's kind of hot, but you, you, she is kind of hot, Chris. You don't think Ilhan Omar's kind of hot, Michael? You don't think Ilhan Omar's kind of hot? What is wrong? Do you guys not like black chicks at all? Ilhan Omar's kind of hot. You guys are nuts. You know what? I'm not even talking to either of them anymore. We're setting, we're focused on the priorities at the moment. You don't like Ilhan Omar because she's a nutball, right? And married her brother. I, I realize that's a little odd. She's a nutball, married her brother, full-blown communist, hates the United States of America. Okay, that's obviously, I don't like her either. I mean, other than physically, I don't like her either. But how did Ilhan Omar get elected? I mean, we never, ever got to the root of that problem. I mean, was it her Republican opponent who wasn't good enough? Did she just run a great campaign? Uh, How did Ilhan Omar get elected? We know how she got elected. Everybody knows. No one wants to say it. I'll say it next. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. The 
Jesse Kelly show, and yes, we have Sydney Watson with an Australian accent, I might add, coming up in about 10 minutes. In all seriousness, Australia, I don't know if you've seen the videos coming out of Australia. They're really, really bad. There, there's a new one out right now of some dad holding his little girl, his daughter. She doesn't want to let him go. Finally, the cops managed to get her away from him where they then tackle him and handcuff her, and it, it, yeah, it, it's it's really, really bad. And apparently, Sydney is torn up something fierce about her home country, and so we're going to talk to her about that. But you don't like Ilhan Omar. We're, we're talking about refugees and whatnot. You don't like Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar is there because we massively imported, I believe it was 57,000 people from Somalia and planted them in Minnesota. Now you have Ilhan Omar. We don't, that's not controversial. That's real. Culture, culture is really important. This is why I hate when people act as if America doesn't have one. And I'll see people on the right try this too. Oh, we're a big melting pot. Oh, we're multicultural. And false. America is a Judeo-Christian nation founded on a limited government. That's what we are. You don't have to be a Christian or a Jew. You don't have to even believe in living in government. But that is our culture. It is a unique, specific culture. And you can bring your culture with you here as long as you're well aware your culture cannot at all oppose either of those two things. You don't have to be a Christian or a Jew. I don't care what you are. It doesn't matter. It's not my job. I'm not your pastor. Not your rabbi. It's your business. I'm not my business. That is who we are as a nation. Period. End of story. That's who we are. How do you get your country torn to bits? You start importing people massively from all over the world who not only don't acknowledge your culture, they flat out don't like it, and they bring their own. How do you get somebody like Ilhan Omar in office? How do you get like someone like this person in office? Here. Everybody in every single community has bad apples, um, but that is not the result of collective failure as refugees or as immigrants when we come to the United States. And I know what some of these people are worried about is that they're worried that refugees like myself, when they come to this country, will outshine them. Um, but uh, that is just their own failure and their inability to, to find success in the ways in which refugees have found success in, in this country. You don't like her? Mind the imports. I, I, don't, I don't have to put that nicer for you. Nobody tells me what I can or can't say. You don't like the fact that Ilhan Omar is in Congress and is going to remain in Congress, by the way? That she's never going to be beaten. She's in like a D plus 10,000 district. She's never going to be beaten. Don't like that? Should have minded the imports. I don't know why people on the right are so pathetic when it comes to things like this. It is... It is like the right, not you, but it's like the right, especially the, the people who live, work, and worship within the D.C. area. It is like they have been beaten to the point where they love losing. They love it. You, you start asking people on the right right now. I'm talking about pundits and politicians. You start asking them about refugees and the status of refugees. How many Afghani refugees we should, we should get here? I mean, a reasonable person would say, Let's get all the Americans out, and yes, the, the, the Afghans who have been working their tails off with us for 20 years 
yeah, let's make sure them and their families aren't chopped up into little bits. But this whole 22,000, 30,000, that's insane. But you won't even get that out of most of the right. You won't. What you'll get is the compassionate answer. Oh, this is this is really sad. I'm so sad. I saw the pictures on Twitter and I think I think we should bring in 20 to 30,000 people who have no affiliation or love for our culture at all. Why? Because I want everyone to say I'm nice. I mean, after all, isn't nice being the most imp- isn't isn't nice the most important thing in the world now? I mean, everyone else seems to think so. I, I realize I'm the only jerk, but everyone else seems to think so. I just want people to say I'm nice. I couldn't give a crap if people think I'm nice or not. I care about effective. I care about effective. Do you think the American civilian right now, the American civilian trapped in Afghanistan, wondering if he's going to have his head chopped off today, huddled in an apartment, hoping there's not a knock at the door. Do you think he's hoping and praying somebody nice comes to get him? Or do you think he hopes a group of meat-eating, super-assassin army rangers chop off everybody's head on the way to get him and escort him safely? Do you think he cares about their diversity? I hope there, I hope there are enough black people who come get me are there are women represented? I need LGBTQ people to come rescue me. Or do you think he only cares about sending the best of the best? Enough with nice. This refugee talk has got to stop. We cannot in we cannot import tens of thousands of people from a culture completely foreign to ours because you want to look nice in the media. We've got to stop with this insanity. I saw sad pictures, and we need them all here. Buck up, buttercup, or grab a weapon and go over there and fight. This, the United States of America is not the dumping ground for every part of the world. And lest we forget, lest we forget, the southern border is a disaster, and we are currently on pace for over two million people to enter the United States of America who don't belong here this year alone. Two million. That's remaking a nation. And there's no indication the numbers are going to stop or slow down. In fact, they're still going up month after month. What's that look like after four years? What does that look like after four years? And because the United States of America has openly announced, oh, we will never deport a child, that would be mean. We don't want to be big, meanie, McMean faces. Now, we had, I believe the number is 19,000. I forget. It's something like that. 19,000 in July alone. Oh, okay. Now we're just importing generations of people by the thousand, by the tens of thousands. You know, our country matters too. Our culture matters too. And this is why I've been telling you there's going to be an absolute monster arise on the right. There is. And what cracks me up is when I see these D.C. weenie types on the right, I'm a compassionate Republican. I'm one of the good guys. And I see them whining about the new rise of the populists and the nationalists and people on the right taking a harder stance. The best part about it is they don't realize they're the reason. They're the reason. Dork, you're the reason a monster is arising because you were too weak and spineless and pathetic to stop it. 
You couldn't stop the communists, so people will turn to somebody who will. And if you think people won't turn to a monster, you've got another thing coming. People will happily turn to a monster because you didn't stop them. You didn't stop the communists, so they'll go find somebody who will. All right, Sydney Watson in her, her Australian accent. Next. can only mean that Sydney Watson is here. Our favorite Australian, Sydney Watson with the Blaze, conservative pundit. Everybody knows who Sydney Watson is. Sydney, apparently you say you're an angry Australian right now. I'm guessing this has to do with the horrific coronavirus lockdown videos we've seen. Why are you mad? Oh, I mean, yeah, you just basically summed it up. I'm, I'm watching what's going on back home, and I'm thinking, well, firstly, I'm so glad that I escaped to Texas. That was a great decision. But also, why are they doing this to uh, to people in my homeland? It's it's really upsetting. Like yeah. on an unironic note, I cried the other day about it. That's okay. where I'm at. Okay, why are you crying? Why are they doing this? What? Why is it getting so bad for them? So I have a theory that it's because the closer related we are to Britain, the worse things are. So you guys obviously solved that problem back in 1776, whereas Australia is still part of the Commonwealth, so we have a very close relationship to the United Kingdom. Um, Honestly, I think it's just because Aussies value in a lot of ways, and we talked about this before, security over freedom. So as long as they think that they're being protected, they'll basically, you know, take me. Sydney, obviously, most Americans don't understand exactly how Australia is laid out because it's 90,000 miles away and full of absolutely horrific (laughs) animals that will murder you just for waking up in the morning. So most people don't know about Australia. Is this you just described, you know, Aussies seeking safety first. Is it similar to America where the cities are just hardcore communists, but more rural Australians think differently or are they all commies? No, no, not the the entirety of Australia is not commies, <laughs> thankfully. Where I'm from, on the other hand, is definitely a communist uh, utopia. It's, it's so great. Good food, though, great coffee, but the people, not so much. Yeah, but basically it's the same thing as the United States where, you know, how people say you don't really have a blue state, you have blue cities. It's basically the same thing. So if you ask people out in rural Victoria, for example, where I'm from, they would probably feel that a lot of this is completely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, most most Aussies, as my dad would call them, the true Aussies are just like you and me. They really just want to be left alone by the government. They're just trusting of the government. But it's these communist weirdos that go to universities that take up the cities and do the majority of the voting. Okay, Sydney, is this a relatively new development for Australia? And I ask this because I'm trying to compare it to where we are here in America. I feel like a lot of Americans are a bit shocked at how quickly things are deteriorating here and how hard things are going left here and how how bad it's been, especially recently. Or has Australia just Mm -hmm. been this way your whole life? (laughs) What do you think I 
left Jesse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think I was like, you know what? I just want to jump on an airplane and then sit on an airplane for uh, 15 hours. That sounds like a great idea. No, I mean, Australia has always driven me nuts because a lot of the sentiments that we're seeing playing out now have always existed in one way or another in Australia. So I think a lot of Americans don't realize that, yes, Aussies are some of the most happy-go-lucky, you know, ridiculously nice people that you could ever meet. But by the same token, like I said, there is this British undertone to a lot of things that Australians do, and it's always driven me crazy because I've never felt like Aussies have valued freedom in the same way Americans do, which is why I love living here. But I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, there's like drawbacks to, to both countries, I suppose, in their own ways. But yeah, Australia has always been this way. This is not a new phenomenon. What do you mean there are drawbacks to America? What are you talking about? You guys are the ones infecting all the universities with all your propaganda. That's not an Aussie thing. That's an American thing. Okay. Now, a couple minutes ago, you tried to say that there was good food in Australia. I thought you were joking, but then again, it sounded like you might be serious. Were you joking when you said Australians have good food? Um, actually, it's it's largely because we just eat each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have to ask from, uh, obviously, a foreigner like you's perspective, Afghanistan. Yeah. It, it, it's embarrassing. Uh, as an American, I find it to be extremely embarrassing. In front of the world, we're being embarrassed right now. What are you thinking while you watch it unfold? Well, I mean, my whole thing has always been, why is America in the Middle East in the first place? Now, I'm not an expert when it comes to these things, so obviously this is just a, you know, objective observer's opinion, but uh, I personally just feel like America really has no, no business being there. At the end of the day, it's not America's responsibility to help other countries effectively uphold their culture and what have you, especially when that culture uh, hates women and uh, rapes little boys. I don't know if I can, I can say that on your show, but that's that's basically where we're at. So, no, I uh, I think it's humiliating what's gone down, um, and I think it really demonstrates the ineptitude of the Biden administration, but at the end of the day, I'm perfectly happy with America pulling out of Afghanistan. Are you perfectly... Why should our boys die uh, yeah. for, for a culture like Islam? I, don't, uh, I need I need someone to explain this to me. All right, look, I'm perfectly happy getting out of uh, uh, Afghanistan as well. I just just think maybe we should have taken out the American citizens and our weapons first before oh, yeah. we packed up and left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One would think that sacrificing more soldiers in the in an effort, or sacrificing more people in an effort to get out of a country, is probably not the best way to go about it. Probably not. Speaking with Sydney mm-hmm. Watson, you can catch all of her stuff. But obviously, on she's on Blaze TV. She's all over the place. Sydney, American culture. What mm-hmm. is American culture? Because you're not a native. If you had to describe American culture, what is it? Wait, we need to be more specific. Are we talking about people on the coast or are we talking about people in the in the middle? Ah, because I see, think that, that there's big distinction. That's exactly that's exactly my point. I say we don't have <laughs> one anymore. The country doesn't have any shared culture at all. I swear on my life I didn't set her up for this, people. We don't have any shared <laughs> culture at all. In your opinion, what are the two different cultures? Well, I mean, I think that you have entitlement. Uh, I think that's a really big very big proponent of, uh, I would say, the coast. And then in the middle, I would say that freedom is the the primary thing. You know, it's funny, I was having this conversation with a friend recently, and they said that they think part of the reason why there's such an, a massive, massive divide between the left and the right these days is because what used to unite people was freedom, and that was a core tenant of the United States, and now that's sort of fallen by the wayside. And the left actually just want to gulag you. So that's fun. 
Oh yeah, that's that's a blast, <laughs> Sydney. <laughs> All right, yes, Sydney. Best best and worst part of living in Texas so far. Um, I am so sick of the heat. I'm over it. I'm thinking the you're same from Australia. I know, but I hated it in Australia too. I thought if this is what it feels like to live on the sun, I'm not interested. <laughs> no, thank you. Don't send me to Mars. Maybe Neptune. Okay. All right. We'll circle back on that in a second. What's the best part <laughs> of living in Texas? Um, I would say the accents are cute as hell. I'm going to caveat this, too, by saying that the men with the accents are often cute as hell as well. And when you're single, like I've been for a thousand years, you know, it's you. You're, I'm, just, I'm just one woman. I see cute Texan boys. I click. We are, we are very cute. I will have to say, what, Chris? But we're, we're. Look, I was obviously talking about mainly myself. <laughs> All right, Sydney, what are you, you having for dinner tonight? For this one too, I'm sorry. Did you set me up for that one too, Jesse? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, look, I'm a radio <laughs> professional, Sydney. All right, what are you having for dinner tonight? Um, I don't know yet. Probably, uh, probably pasta. Oh gosh, you were, that is so lame, Sydney Watson. Everybody, thank you, Sydney. What, Chris? Do I count as a Texan? I mean, Chris is a native Texan. I don't count. I have to have been born here. That seems a little, uh, uh, what is it, a nativist or something? How long have I been here? Uh, I think I moved here about seven, eight years ago, probably something like that. I mean, exactly how much of my life do I have to live in Texas? Five years? Oh, I'm well past the five-year mark. Well past the five-year mark. Look, I'll move. I'm not scared. Email to the man who thinks Jen Psaki is kind of hot. Why does it look? She is kind of hot and everyone knows it. Why does it seem like we changed the pronunciation of Taliban since they took over in Afghanistan? Nobody's ever said Taliban before. <laughs> it's almost as annoying as when someone speaks with no accent whatsoever and then throws in the Spanish accent for one word. I feel like this is a shot of how I say Chile. Listen, I'm... When you abla the way I abla, you can, it, look, I'm, 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 I'm bilingual. I'm basically bilingual. I can count to 10 in Spanish and everything else. <laughs> All right. We'll get to some more emails in a second. But first, sale of the year. Sale of the year. That's happening right now at MyPillow. You see, they have Giza Dream Sheets. Giza is the best cotton in the world. And MyPillow has them half off. Half off. If you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials and use the promo code JESSE, you can get Giza Dream Sheets for as low as $49.99. That is absurd. I haven't slept in anything but Giza Dream Sheets in over a year. You'll probably buy one set first, then you'll buy two or three, so you're never without them. Go get some now. In fact, I would go ahead and get two now. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, use the promo code JESSE, and you'll get them half off. Sale of the year. Plus, let's remember, a patriotic company. Don't we need more of those? Hang on. Be right back. Jesse Kelly. us ready for the weekend with some Big Lebowski music. I appreciate it. If you don't like the Big Lebowski, we can't be friends. We can't be friends. Not 
really a kids movie? What are you shaking your head over there for, Michael? That's right. That's right. See, Michael's on board with it. We got a new guy, Michael, in the house. He's on board with it. All right. Let's get to some emails. But first and foremost, I want to remind you, tomorrow is the greatest day of the week. We are petitioning the federal government to officially change the name of Friday to Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We will keep you updated on that. Until then, just know on this show, it's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We take the entire show, all three hours, and we answer your questions. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. They do not have to be political. They certainly can be. It can be anything. You want to talk about history? You want to talk about me? (laughs) My favorite topic? You want to talk about employment, employers, employees, men, women, relationships, food, travel? Whatever you want to talk about, you can ask it. If the question is stupid... You can ask that too. Oftentimes we like stupid on Friday. Hasn't the week been long enough? We get stupid on Friday. Not that we would ever be stupid any other day. (laughs) Chris, do you have that cut of heavy D? See, Joe Biden, Joe Biden got up to the microphone when he should have been giving a speech on Afghanistan and he just made it all about coronavirus and then didn't take any Afghanistan questions. And he took a bunch of kind of veiled shots at heavy D. Well, heavy D went on Fox News and man, He fired back. And he is obsessed. While you have all the stuff going on with Afghanistan, obviously all the stuff at the southern border, which you and I have talked about, one of the biggest border disasters in the history of our country, inflation, gas prices. And what does he do? He is obsessed with having the government force kindergartners to wear masks all day in school. In Florida, we believe that that's the parents' decision. Joe Biden thinks the federal government should come in and overrule the parents and force these young kids to wear these masks. And you gotta wonder, where are your priorities that you're so obsessed with this issue and so obsessed with taking away parents' rights and you're letting Afghanistan burn, our border burn, and so many other things in our country fall to pieces? See, this is what sucks. This is what sucks when Joe Biden is on his heels because there's so much to blast Joe Biden about right now. He can't play offense against anyone else. It's not the time for Joe Biden to get up there and point fingers at governors. And he's pointing fingers at governors for not wanting to put masks on kids in schools. Buddy, you're when you talk like that as president of the United States, you're speaking to only your radicalized base. Because let's be frank, if you're a parent at this point in time and you still think your child should have a mask on because of coronavirus, you are either A, a full-blown communist that can never be reached, or B, a complete sheep. So Joe Biden already has all those people. He already has all those people. Let's get to some emails, especially this one. Starship Commander Jesse T. Kirk. I like Starship Commander Chris. What? We can keep that. Anyway, Fox and CNN have been showing us Hornet HUD tapes of alien spacecraft since 2016. I immediately began to prepare for the imminent alien invasion. I'm on a limited budget and can't afford to prepare for zombies, aliens, so on and so forth. Please advise. You know, I've often wondered how, what techniques I'm going to use to fight aliens. What, Chris? I've thought of yeah, you like you have thought about it. Everyone's thought about it, haven't they? Well, I've thought about it. I know that much. I think the move is going to be this. I think the move is going to be 
focus on commandeering their ships. I can, I'm sure I can fly an alien ship, right? What? How hard can it be? If they can fly it, I can fly it. They're not going to be smarter than me. Now, some of the buttons may be a little confusing at first. I think you have to fight aliens with alien weapons. That's always been my plan. So don't worry about stockpiling anything but food and water. <laughs> Got that figured out. What, Chris? Dear Oracle of Oracles, your greatness has grown on me, as I knew it would. So much, I listen every day now, even though it's a day behind since I don't always catch the live. I cherish your insight. I know you do. It's now very clear I must move my family into Texas from California. Narrowing down the states, this is where it needs to be. Lived in the Bay Area my whole life, and it's just overwhelming now. Communism has consumed San Jose and all around. Even my kids at a private Christian school are muzzled in class. This is heartbreaking, and we can't do anything about it where we are. Every school complies. If all the big cities in Texas are very left, similar to California, in your opinion, where is best to move to with our traditional American values to be part of and grow that community? I just don't want I just don't know where to look. I can only get a job that pays enough uh, in or very near very big liberal cities. I'm a private chef, but I that's so cool. I want a private chef, Chris. Chris, how much do you think private chefs cost? I understand it's more than I have. Can you look it up, please? I mean full-time, too, like all three meals. Wait a minute. I already have a wife. No, uh, no, stop. We can make jokes on the show. Anyway, moving on. Please help since I will be 40 years old on Sunday and we're ready to get out ASAP. Myself, my wife, my 11-year-old daughter, and 9-year-old son would be sincerely honored by your response and words of wisdom. He says, please excuse any grammar or typos. I went to culinary school. <laughs> All right. First and foremost, lucky for you, I have lived in all three major cities in Texas. Setting Austin aside, I guess you could call that a major city. One, Don't go to Austin anyway. Although it used to be very cool. They went so communist now they've ruined that city. It used to be sick. I mean, they had the best restaurants and nightlife and everything else. I am glad young Jesse didn't have the grades to get into uh, University of Texas. That would be a very bad idea. $50,000? Michael said $50,000 for a private chef. A year? Full-time? Oh, man, that's a lot of money. What about just breakfast? Just breakfast would be better because then you never have to think about it. Think if you could wake up every single morning and the house is smelling like bacon and eggs and stuff already. What? I got, one day, maybe, I might get a private chef. You know what? I'm going to answer your question about Texas in just a moment. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. And yes, we have a lot more to get to here. 
preschoolers. They're even after your preschoolers. I will explain in just a moment. But the the guy had a question. Moving from the Bay Area, moving to Texas, has to be close to a big city. And you're in luck once again. I happen to be the perfect person to talk to about this. What, Chris? I'm not bragging about myself. I've lived in the three major cities. I have. I bet you didn't know that about me. I have lived, I lived in Dallas when I, when I moved from DC, remember I only lived in DC for a year and then I hated it and it packed up and moved to Texas with no job. I first moved to the Dallas area and it wasn't actually Dallas specific. It was Frisco, Texas. Unbelievable place. Unbelievable place. Then I moved to Houston, live in the suburbs of Houston. Great little suburb, but I've also lived in San Antonio. You see, I most of my life I've worked construction. Well, <laughs> my wife is a saint. At one point, I had to take a construction job because you don't you don't get to do construction right next door. That's not the way it is. It's a different kind of life. You got to bounce around, and lots of the time you're bouncing around various states. You really want to get your contractor's license in as many states as possible. But you know, as many 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 irons in the fire as you can. I get assigned a job in San Antonio, and I'm living in Tucson, Arizona at the time, so I have to come live in San Antonio. The wife, we have two young kids, and I mean young kids. They were both, both I think, under four at the time. Both kids under four. She doesn't want to lose me at this point in time for months and months and months on end. She decides to come with me. We start living in San Antonio and we can't find a place to stay. We can't find an apartment we can afford. So there's a deal the company has cut with an extended stay hotel. The wife, me, and two kids under four move into, I know, Chris, I know, move into an extended stay hotel where we live. I think it was for close to a month before we finally ended up getting a little apartment that we could afford here in town and the extended stay hotel. (laughs) They had, they had things like they would offer uh, free pizza on Thursdays. And because we didn't have any money, we would go gobble up as much of the free food as possible. They had a night where they were handing out free beer and we just go down there in our pajamas. As you can imagine, I'm going to get down on free beer night, but look, we may do with it. We just made look. People do what they have to do to get by. You might be currently doing that. You might be currently doing what you have to do to get by. That's fine. Believe me, nothing lasts forever. You get by. That's a long way of saying I've lived in all the major cities in Texas, San Antonio, Dallas, and Houston. You ready for it? I'm going to give it to you right between the eyes. One, you're moving from the Bay Area. Yes, it's communist, but boy, are you going to have to adjust your expectations with the weather. Texas while I love it, I moved here on purpose. I'm not a native Texan. I moved here on purpose. The weather is just putrid. Just the worst weather in the world. If you live in Dallas, you will get two different weathers. It will either be skin-melting heat, and then on occasion in the wintertime, it'll freeze you to death. Now, okay, that's fine. But Dallas is a really, really cool big city. One of the cleanest big cities I've ever been to. And the suburbs of Dallas are awesome. And there are so many of them, more than I could ever name for you. And I'm going to screw up some of the names if I start. But there are places like Plano and Frisco and uh, Round Rock, I believe it is. There, there There are a bunch of places. Round Rock is too far south, Chris. 
Okay, I guess Round Rock's too far south. Carrollton, uh, Denton is kind of a dirty college town, but a cool town. Uh, they're, 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 what I'm saying is Dallas is not only a kind of a clean big city, a lot of great suburbs. Now let's go to San Antonio, where I lived in the hotel with the family for a while. San Antonio is one of the coolest cities I've ever been in in my entire life. I freaking love San Antonio. I will say this, and I realize I risk getting death threats from Texans for saying this. I was a little disappointed with the size of the Alamo. Maybe Turn the mic back on, Chris. Look, I'm not saying I don't love the Alamo. Who doesn't love the story? I thought it would be bigger. It's not very big, but San Antonio is one of the coolest cities. They have a river walk downtown. Now, this is, keep in mind, this was 10 plus years ago. So, if this has turned into some horribly crime infested disaster, uh, it's not my fault. The river walk is so cool with your family. You will love it. Very, very cool place. And the burbs also of San Antonio, great place. But, same type of weather. Soul-crushing heat. You don't get as much cold as you do in Dallas because Dallas is further north, but a great city. Now let's go to where I live now, Houston, Texas. Not only do you get the soul-crushing humidity and heat here, you are also treated to the occasional hurricane. You remember Hurricane Harvey? Yeah, I was watching people get picked up off of rooftops by helicopter just not too long ago. Christmas is not that bad. Now, look, I love it here because the suburbs are awesome, too. And, I mean, they have really cool suburbs here. The Woodlands. Katy is a really cool suburb. If you want to go the other way. Pearland. Friendswood is a cool place. League City is a cool place. The burbs of Texas are sweet. So the good news for you is you can be 20 minutes from the big city where you have to go to make, make fancy meals without actually being in the big city. And they're all blood red. For the most part, the suburbs of all these big cities are blood red. Yes, I'm in Houston and it's full-blown communist, but the suburbs are blood, blood red. There, look at that, Chris. See how awesome I am when I help people? What? I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a really good person. Did you see, the, <laughs> did you see, did you see the New Zealand prime minister? By the way, we should probably talk about whether or not we think she's kind of hot. But will you play that cut, Chris, about the New Zealand Prime Minister and her new coronavirus advice? Stay local and do not congregate. Don't talk to your neighbours. Please keep to your bubbles. It comes down again to those very simple principles. We know from overseas cases of the Delta variant that it can be spread by people simply walking past one another. So keep those movements outside to the bare minimum, wear a mask, and make sure you keep up that physical distancing. Okay. All right. Don't, don't talk to your neighbors? What? Don't talk to your neighbors? Are, are these people out of their minds? Don't talk to your neighbors? Is this what life has come to now? Don't talk to your neighbors. And look, this is the norm now. I'm worried. I'm worried this never stops. What if 10 years from now, what if 10 years from now, 
we're still having this same conversation? What if we're having this same conversation 10 years from now? What will we do? What, what if we start getting to that point here in the United States of America? Because, I mean, how far off are we? How far off are we? We're not very far. You know we're not very far. This never stops worldwide unless people stop complying and start rebelling. This never stops worldwide, ever. Not in a million years. It will never, ever, ever end unless we stop complying. And at this point in time, are you confident we have the stomach to stop complying? Are you confident we do? I don't know that I am. I don't know that I think we can stop this ever. Not in a million years. <sighs> Listen, I want to be clear about something here. I want to be really clear about something. We as Americans, you and I, we have got to start leading the way for the, for the sake of the entire Western world. Because when you think about this, when you think about China being on the move and Russia being on the move, the West is faltering and they're faltering fast. Really, really fast. All right. That's enough of that for now. Speaking of faltering fast, ugh, so's the dollar. So is the dollar. Listen to me and listen well. Oxford Gold Group is here to help you. You have to get some gold in your portfolio, meaning in your safe meaning real gold. I don't mean a piece of paper saying you own some stock in something somewhere. I mean you need real gold you can hold in your hand, and Oxford Gold Group will deliver it to your door, and they have promised they will take extra special care of my customers. 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-GOLD, or just let the dollar collapse with nothing. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They have promised they will take care of my customers. They have a great reputation for a reason. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. For gold, you can hold. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Jesse Kelly show. And look, I realize everybody loves that Yuri Bezmanov stuff. So I'm going to go, I'm going to cover this again because I can't, I can't, I can't possibly lay this out into words any more clearly than he did. If you're a booster shot person, if you're a booster shot person, when are you going to wake up and realize? When are you going to wake up and realize this never ends? And believe me, this is not me judging you at all if you went and got the vaccine or whatnot. I understand it. Like I said, I have friends and relatives who went and got the vaccine. I'm not judging you at all. I'm not anti-vaccine. They're now telling you the vaccine wears off after eight months? Are you still not seeing? I'll tell you what. Don't. Don't take this from me. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to do me a favor. Maybe this will have a chance at opening your eyes before I play Yuri Bezmanov. I want you to go look at Moderna, one of the vaccine companies. I want you to do a NASDAQ search 
for 2020 to 2021 for Moderna. Just on your own time, as long as you're not driving, do it right now while we're on the air. Do you see that line? Do you see that line that's cruising along and cruising along and cruising along and then boom, Mount Everest is there? That's the company telling you to come back for an eight-month booster shot. Come on now. Let's, let's all be grown-ups. But how does this happen? How do this many Americans get fooled? Look, Yuri told us. Yuri Bezmanov told us. I played this earlier in the show. I'm playing it again. I would highly recommend you go listen to the whole thing when you have an hour and a half to spare on YouTube. Here's Yuri Bezmanov. Ideological subversion is, is the slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne meropriatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans. Thanks done to by Americans to Americans. Just pause it for just a moment because I'm not quite done yet. Done by Americans to Americans. Let's talk about our education system because I'm looking at a headline here. Tell preschoolers every day they're racist. Professors have this advice for K-12 through educators. Four scholars recently published an article on how to incorporate daily anti-racism ideology in preschool curriculum. Preschool curriculum. That's right. Remember this. Remember, yes, your communist professors are communists. They're full-blown cultural Marxists. Yes, the Soviets brought this here a long time ago because they knew getting into our education system was critical. But here's the thing. Right now, as we stand, these professors don't know. They don't know. They don't know about Soviet communism. They don't know that's what they're teaching. They don't know that's what they're preaching. They have no idea. Because it's been taught by their professor and their professor before them and their professor before them. We are now five generations in, five generations in. So this has become one of those things where it just continues to feed itself. 
It continues to feed itself. And on the preschooler thing, I've tried to explain this to you before. On the preschooler thing, it's very odd how they look at the world for you and I. Because you and I don't look at the world this way. But it was always workers of the world unite. It wasn't workers of Russia or workers of Germany or workers of, of France. It was workers of the world unite. Now, what does that mean? Jesse, I don't know what you're talking about. Their religion, the religion of communism, it was always universal. It had to be for everyone and everything. And their mission doesn't stop. Their mission never stops until that's complete. So they don't look at your children the way you look at uh, other people's children. You look at other people's kids and you think to yourself, oh, that's Nice, cute kid. I hope his parents are raising him well. Or you just ignore him. Or you think they're annoying. But you would never, it would never occur to you at all. It would never occur to you to, I mean, talk to them. I mean, talk to them about what you believe. Manipulate them into believing what you believe. It would never occur to you, right? It just, it just would not. And that's understandable. But hear me out here. They don't think like that. They don't think like that. They think your kids belong to them because, they, because your kids must be part of their worldwide religion. Their kids, everybody's kids are part of the system. They're cogs in the system. Anyway, continue, Chris. Dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it. That's where you get your booster shot. You see, people right now, if you've already jumped through all the hoops and you did the 15 days to slow the spread and then you did the, the, the waiting till Easter and you waited and you waited and you got your vaccine and you got your second dose of your vaccine, they're so deep in now. They're so deep in. They could announce the government could come out today. You don't think I'm right, but I, I am. The government could come out today and say every two weeks you have to go get a booster shot. And a shocking number of Americans would do it. A shocking number of Americans would do it. That's a fact. That's a scary fact, but that's where we are. We have got to get back to teaching people about freedom in this country. Freedom and why it's so important. All right. I'm finally going to get to some of your emails. We still have headlines I didn't get to. Hang on.
Jesse Kelly show on a Thursday. And another reminder for you. Tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. It is Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get all of your questions in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I almost, I almost forgot my own email address there, Chris. And what's weird is I almost forgot it the second time I was giving it out. So maybe there's something wrong with me. I could be dying. You never know. What? It's not like I'm asking for people to send in sympathy cards because I'm dying. Gosh, what, Chris? Jeez. All right, back to your emails. You talk about Afghanistan. Biden doesn't care. It's only a diversion from the real national crisis, the border. He's not wrong. And remember, SR1. Remember that, SR1. What is that? It's a bill. It's a bill that essentially says... Everybody residing in a certain area gets to vote. It is a de facto amnesty bill. It is a bill that will give a vote to every one of the million to two million illegal immigrants who have come into the United States of America this year. Democrats are not stupid. Remember when Dick Durbin came out? Dick Durbin came right out and said it. The changing demographics of America do not support Republicans. He just said it out loud. He laid it out there. The demographics, the changing, I think he said the changing demographics of America do not support Republicans. The answer is very simple. The demographics of America are not on the side of the Republican Party. The new voters in this country are moving away from them. Okay. They're being honest. There's a reason. Remember, there's no question unchecked illegal immigration is terrible for a country. It's universally terrible for a country. There is no benefit to it at all. Yes, the major corporations get cheap labor. Democrats get votes. But as far as the, for the health of a nation goes, all nations in the history of mankind, they've all known they have to monitor the imports. Of course, that's just, of course. You monitor who comes into everything you care about, don't you? Everything. Moving on. Hey, Jesse. I love the hatred of commies, especially as a New York State resident. But come on, man. Who is Dio? Only one of the greatest heavy metal singers of all time, and you can't apologize to him because he's dead. Wait, I thought Dio was the singer? I thought Dio was the band. Chris, is the band Dio or is it the... What do you mean it's the same thing? It's either the name of the... Is the guy's name Dio or what? Chris, if you don't know, I would appreciate it if you would just say you don't know. Don't make up answers on the air. This is a national show now, man. <laughs> I'm the only one who's allowed to make up answers on the show. This one is actually sent to Chris. It, the subject line of the email was, stop it, Chris. So I like this guy already. And it's titled, Dear Chris, on, on behalf of everyone who listens to this show, I have had enough. Your continued disparagement of Jesse's overwhelming handsomeness and lack of respect for his community college intellect is not only un-American, it's borderline treason. I pray that you find Jesus immediately. <laughs> In your stupid face. Speaking of handsomeness, if you miss any part of the show, if you missed Sidney Watson earlier... If you missed all the Taliban talk, I may do a little bit more of that here, in, here again in a second. The whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. 
on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Why? Because it makes me laugh. I think it's hysterical. There are like a thousand of them now. We le- we read the best ones on the air, and there are some really, really, really funny ones in there. I mean, everyone has the same review section, right? Oh, great show. Oh, best show ever. We just It started out as a bit. It started out as something I just did to annoy management because management doesn't want people talking about how handsome you are on a radio show. I mean, who cares about that? So I just did it because it was stupid and it annoyed management. But then we kept going and kept going, and soon it was something that ended up catching on with the audience. I think there's over a 1,000 of them now. <laughs> this one is titled Crayon Eater to the Third. Are you getting a load of these pictures coming out of Afghanistan? These, I can't use that word on the air, upgrading from 30-year-old Kalashnikovs to M4s topped with ACOGs and PQ-15s. Really? Their night game was okay, but just went from caveman to spaceman inside a week. Maybe we could have, I don't know, burned down the armories on the way out. Here's something we have to talk about when it comes to all the all the gear. A lot of this gear the Taliban currently have, a lot of it wasn't left on U.S. bases. Now, a lot of it was. All right, so th- there's no excuse for that. A lot of it wasn't left on U.S. bases. A lot of it was given by us to the various militias we were training to fight the Taliban. And then the second we left, they just chucked down their arms or handed it over to the Taliban. It's it's such a disastrous situation, which again, how are more people how are more people not in trouble for this? How are more people not in trouble for this? You know what, Chris? We do need to play that intervention clip. Get it ready. We're playing it today. Get it ready. We're playing it today. How are more people not in trouble for the fact we have spent 20 years there training people who were going to just throw down their weapons the second we left? What were we doing? What were we doing? Who's in charge? Who... I'm not even going to put this all on the politicians, although obviously they have to take some accountability for this. What are the military guys doing? What are the generals doing? What are the intelligence guys doing? Reason, who's kind of garbage, but they put out this great thing called intervention, and man, it is so painfully true. In 1979, Iran ousts the Shah, which America had helpfully installed, and is inexplicably distrustful of the United States meddling in its affairs. But don't worry. When Iraq and Iran go to war a year later, President Reagan provides aid to America's good friend Saddam Hussein, thus ensuring peaceful relations with Iraq forever. During the Cold War, Islamist fighters in Afghanistan square off against the godless Soviets. America aids a group of staunch anti-Russians called the Mujahideen, including an energetic young man named Osama bin Laden, thus ensuring a beneficial relationship between the United States and Afghanistan forever. In 1991, America goes to war with Iraq's evil dictator Saddam Hussein, who had illegally occupied Kuwait. After a brief period of vigorous bombing, President Bush declares victory, thus ensuring that America need never return to Iraq forever. In 2001, the United States declares war on the Taliban for shielding evil terrorist mastermind Osama bin Laden. We may never know how Afghanistan's ultra-conservative jihadist government came to power, or from where they got their guns. But we do know that America's ongoing presence ensures a lasting peace with a grateful people forever. 
In 2003, President George W. Bush ousts evil strongman dictator Saddam Hussein, thus ensuring a democratic, prosperous Iraq forever. In 2011, President Barack Obama topples the government of evil Libyan dictator Muammar Gaddafi, thus ensuring a peaceful Libya forever, especially in Benghazi, forever. It hurts, right? That kind of biting satire works. But at some point in time, at some point in time, don't we have to acknowledge the way we have approached foreign policy as a nation has not been good? Now, that's we don't have to sit and beat ourselves up over it. Right? We don't have to sit and beat ourselves up over it. That's that's life. But we're never going to change it if nobody's ever man enough to step up and assess and reassess and reassess until we come to the conclusion this hasn't worked. We have to make some changes. It's time to be honest with ourselves. We need to stay home most of the time. If you go somewhere, you better be going to wipe the place out. If not, stay home. And that's the kind of country we were always supposed to be. We were always supposed to be that. And it sucks that we lost our way. All right, we have headlines I didn't get to. Next. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Jesse Kelly show final segment final segment before ask Dr. Jesse Friday tomorrow remember Jesse at jessekellyshow.com get in your questions now it is going to be a blast of a show no guests nothing but me which what is better than that <laughs> all right a couple more e- emails then we'll get to headlines I didn't get to hi you disgusting feminist and then she puts in parentheses you really are because I hate working and feminists ruin us. So you are my feminist. I want to ask about Carrie Underwood liking Matt Walsh's school board meeting post. While I don't care what pop culture thinks, but Carrie Underwood liking his post is a move in the right direction because the crazy left bows down to their elite celebrities. Do you think more celebrities can help us in our culture war? All right. Here's what happened in case you're not on the up and up. Matt Walsh is a, he's a pundit on the right. He does a bunch of stuff for the Daily Wire. He had to know him a little bit. Matt Walsh is a good guy. He went to his local school board and went off on the school board for all this child COVID stuff. It's all over the internet if you want to see it. It's, it's all over the place now. Carrie Underwood, famous country singer, apparently liked one of his posts. So I think it was on Twitter, maybe Facebook or something like that. Since then, the leftists have just been destroying her for it couple things on what you said. One, leftists don't bow down to elite celebrities. Remember, they bow down to communism and only communism. That's why they were so quick to, quick to rip her limb from limb the second she stepped out of line, stepped away from the communist dogma. That's one. But two, it is a step in the right direction. And while they may not matter to you, And they may not matter to me. And I hope they don't matter to your kids. Celebrities are really important. Entertainers in a society are really important. Think about uh, John Wayne movies. I grew up with John Wayne movies. Maybe you've never seen one in your life, depending on your age. 
but it's a great example of what Hollywood used to be. Now, you can think they're hokey, you can think they're wonderful, but what was the basic theme of every John Wayne movie? Good guys fighting against bad guys, good against evil, right versus wrong, protect women and, women and children, that kind of thing. Entertainment helps shape a culture. People go watch movies. People watch sitcoms, especially younger people, but all of us. And they're starting to learn. This is what my culture incentivizes. This is what my culture disincentivizes. You don't have to like that. I don't have to like that. But it is true. Entertainment is an important part of culture. I have argued sports. It really, really, really hurt us as a nation when sports decided to go hardcore Black Lives Matter left wing. It hurt us a lot. People look up to athletes. You don't care what LeBron James thinks. I don't care what LeBron James thinks. Have you seen how many followers that guy has on social media? A lot of people do care what what LeBron James thinks. We need more boldness from our celebrities. We have to have it. We simply have to have it. Hey, Chesty Puller Jr., I need advice. I was a grunt corpsman in Lima Company 3-2. I was sent to Beirut, Lebanon after the Marine Corps barracks bombing in 83. Even though we were considered peacekeepers, we were under attack every night, so on and so forth. When I talk to former Marines, I tell them I was a grunt corpsman. Some bristle and tell me I was not a Marine. Other grunts tell me to wear it proudly. So old great oracle... Since other the Navy boot camp and core school, I have no idea what branch I was in because I spent most of my time in the grunts. Can I wear my USMC apparel, apparel or ditch it? Love the core. Semper Fi, devil dog. For those who don't understand what he was talking about, the Army, the Army has their own medics. In a, in a platoon, you'll have a medic there. The Marine Corps, remember, the Marine Corps is a branch, a department of the Navy. It's the men's department, but that's another story. We don't have our own medics. Marine Corps grunt units, they have a Navy corpsman who is assigned to them. It's essentially a medic. For, for That's all you need to know. It's a medic. Now, he went to Navy boot camp, but he's assigned to a Marine Corps infantry unit. And we, we called them doc. We just called them docs. They're corn. We called them doc. They were all called docs. They go on all the humps with us. They sleep in the same holes. They're humping the same amount of weight, sometimes more. They got IV bags and everything else. We always considered our docs to be Marines. If you spent your time in the hole with the grunts, you're a Marine. This one's called JK3. Taiwan will now finally be able to get American weapons to fight off an invasion by those scumbag commies by purchasing them from the Taliban. Love the show. And man, does that hit hard, right? All right. Time for headlines I didn't get to. Would a Republican House majority impeach Biden in 2023? House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy says if his party wins back the majority in the chamber in 2022 midterm elections, House Republicans won't use impeachment as a political weapon against President Biden. Of course not. Of course not, because the GOP is the unilateral disarmament party. You see, we will sit back. We will watch Democrats impeach Donald Trump. We'll watch them impeach Trump over nothing twice, do everything they can to throw roadblocks and kneecap his presidency. And then the second we gain any power back, we'll do the standard thing. I'm going to be above all that. I am better than that. 
And that is exactly why a tiny, radical, vocal communist minority has been able to take over the land of the free in less than 100 years. Because the people fighting on our side are interested in looking good and being statesmen. And the people on their side, they approach politics like it's a blood sport. Lawyer very surprised no one has sued over coyote attacks in Stanley Park. Now, this is in Vancouver. This is not America. This is in Vancouver. I will say, though, it's very indicative of the West. It's very odd how the West approaches problems with animals. At no other time in human history would any society, quote, struggle with coyotes in an area. They're coyotes. Go kill them all. It just it floors me away, and I'm not one of these animal haters, but it floors me away how people deal with animals in this society. All right, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in now. That's all.